This episode is exclusively sponsored by Manifest Commerce, empowering merchants with earth-friendly omnichannel fulfillment. Now, through March 31st, Manifest is offering no-cost onboarding, which is a $1,000 value, for modern startup marketing listeners. Simply email nocarbon at manifestcommerce.io and mention the Modern Startup Marketing Podcast. The planning process is something you just need to consistently be going through. Can I deliver next quarter? Can I deliver next six months? Can I deliver next year on a rolling basis? So this wasn't the case when I started, but that's really the case we're in now where 2022 planning isn't a big thing for us. It's just uh, a continuation of what we're already doing. If you're looking to up your startup marketing game, you're in the right place. This podcast will help you simplify, prioritize, and see big wins from your marketing efforts. Every week, you'll hear from some of the world's best venture-backed startup founders, marketing leaders, and startup experts about marketing, brand, growth, what's working well, challenges, and how crazy and fun marketing can be when you're at a high-growth startup. See ya inside. Welcome back, everybody. We have some great kind of shorter segments. I wanted to bring some folks back that I've already had on the show to talk about marketing planning for 2022, because I know this is on people's minds. I know that um, folks are planning and there's a lot of questions, especially as the marketing landscape has changed so much throughout this pandemic. And so I thought it would be really helpful to bring people on to talk about what they're planning, why they're planning it, budget, resources, all that. So today I have Cassidy Shield here back on the show. He is the VP of Marketing at Narrative Science. Cassidy, welcome back. Thanks for having me, Anna. Looking forward to it. Same here. So Cassidy was just a little bit about your background. You were VP of Marketing at Netcracker and spent 13 years at Alcatel-Lucent. Also went to Kellogg, fellow Kellogg alum. So woohoo, go us. And a little bit about narrative science, just to remind people what narrative science is all about, was founded in 2010, 85 people and based out of good old Chicago, Illinois, series defunded, um, 43.4 million total, recently got acquired, another woohoo, big woohoo, congratulations for that. And narrative science is humanizing analytics with data storytelling, not dashboards. So on their website, you go to their homepage, you'll see it. It says no more dashboards. And now we can jump in. Okay. Let's talk about your 2022 marketing plan. Cause I would love to ask you about channels, about budget, about resources. How are you thinking about your budget? How are you splitting your budget organic versus paid? Let's talk about that first. I'll add one thing too, and I think since the last time we talked, I also took over the sales team. So we can maybe wrap that into kind of how does marketing and sales planning happen for the coming year. Today, budget-wise, I'm going to talk what I would call discretionary spend. I'm going to take the headcount out of the budget. From a discretionary spend perspective, we spend about 50% of what we have on what I would call paid media, which I think is how you're asking the question. The rest is split across technology, other kind of campaigns, uh, events. We spend money on Gartner, et cetera. So, but we think about kind of in 2020, we made an emphasis on getting good at using paid media. And at this point, you could say 50% of our budget goes to that. 
And as we go forward next year, what we have to figure out is how much more do we add to that? And what do we anticipate the return on that to be versus do we need to add another channel or another strategy to our marketing mix as we go into 2022 based on kind of the the goals and from a growth perspective that we're looking to attain? That makes sense. And so when you say 50% is spent on paid media, that's like that's like ads on Facebook, right? Yeah, we run on three platforms. We run on Facebook slash Instagram, LinkedIn today. We did do some testing over the summer where we used some of our budget to test Google ads. But as of recently, we've turned we've turned that off and we focused on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Awesome. Okay. And then the other 50% you said is spent on technology. I'm assuming that you're talking about like Salesforce. Yeah, the whole stack, Salesforce, Marketo. We have all the enablement tools, Gong, Groove for sales team. A lot of the sales and marketing tech spend rolls up in the marketing budget. Okay. We also, part of our strategy over the years has been, has been for better or worse, uh, focused on Gartner, um, which has actually paid off for us. But as many of those out there know, Gartner's not cheap. So <laughs> that falls into our budget as well. Yeah. And what about the events? Do you, and how do you think about event? Is that part of like your organic marketing, right? Or do you think about that? Like, how do you, how do you categorize your organic spend? Yeah. The rest of it would go to, it's easy for us to think about events um, from an organic perspective because they've always kind of been our own events, at least for the last 18 months. So when I say events up to this point, it's been events that we would throw ourselves or, you know, money we put into kind of the podcasts, content development for the community, those types of things or where kind of that is called organic spend goes. So it's really kind of a content and community strategy. One of the things that we would we would be evaluating um, if we weren't being acquired for 2022 is if we have an external event budget. Um, so we'd be we're in the process of assessing are there events that we would have gone back to of which you would have kind of your traditional event spend, which you know booths, so forth and so on. We hadn't made a decision on what that would look like yet. And why not? Is it because you looked back to see like how impactful that was for you before or what, what did you, why did you not make a decision yet? Oh, and probably the pandemic has to do with it. <laughs> oh yeah, it's definitely the pandemic. We figured out how to be successful without going to physical events. And so we are very skeptical about whether we actually need physical events in the future for any tour, any form of success or brand awareness. With that said, we might've gone to one or two just for for reasons that aren't really lead driven, but more from kind of brand awareness driven. Um, but that was kind of the debate. And what I mean by a few of them, we may have gone to like a data analytics conference that Gartner throws, et cetera. But it would not have been anywhere close to the what you would have seen pre-pandemic. Tell me more about what you figured out on the content, community, events, podcast. What have you figured out there where like you don't need to go out and do the booths or do the speaking on the stage and pay for that. Yeah. I mean, I I think we're all used to networking and learning and educating ourselves online. That's where people are now. That's where people are every day. So we've put a lot of time and effort in figuring out how to meet people where they are, which is online and kind of build content and campaigns and strategies and tactics around, around that. And so when you think about the, flexibility and the speed of which you can move and kind of the return you can get on doing that in a digital world versus 
what we'd have to do in the physical world, which is the amount of time that you put into going to literally one to three day event that of which you just throw all that away afterwards and you can't reuse it and take it forward. It, it's kind of asinine that we would go back to that world, at least to the degree of which we'd done it previously. And so we figured out like many others have, like there's a, a much better and newer way to do marketing than maybe the old way kind of pre-pandemic. And so yeah. we've leaned into that and embraced it. How long did it take you to build community? Like, wh- how did you know, like, oh my gosh, people are, people are really loving our content. People are like su- super fans here. Like they, they also think that we need to get rid of dashboards and it's really about data storytelling and they're just loving and maybe they're even creating content and sharing how they're doing it. I don't know what your community is doing, but like, how long does that take? Well, and this may be a good way of thinking about planning. So planning, you know, we kind of went through a traditional planning cycle, like most people are doing now at the end of 2019, heading into 2020. And as we remember, like three months into 2020, all hell breaks loose and we're all in replanning. And one of the things as a part of our 2020 plan at the time was how do we establish ourselves in kind of this creation of a category around data storytelling? And that was a something we we're trying to figure out heading into 2020. Then the pandemic hit, we pivoted, we threw our first event. It was called literally the Data Storytelling Summit. We invited everybody we knew who were data storytellers and all our customers who were interested in this topic to an event. Literally six weeks after we were home from the pandemic and we had 4,000 plus people register. And that was the first time we've ever threw our own event. And we're kind of off and running from there. And so we capitalized on that. We figured out that was something we were good at. We got a lot of positive feedback. We did similar events uh, for the next 12 to 15 months. We started up the podcast. We created a newsletter. And, you know, really what we did was just build content based on the people that we've connected with in the market and folks who had passion and expertise and kind of reshared that back to the community. And still a very much a work in progress. But it's a good example of like, you know, you can have the best laid plans and then something happens and you got to be ready to pivot. And we pivoted and it's worked out tremendously for us ever since. You're good at pivoting. You're not just good at data storytelling. You're also good at pivoting (laughs) and throwing events. I'd come to your event. I mean, that's a lot of people. Like you're throwing your first event and having that many people want to go. Yeah, it's funny. You set out and you planned this thing and we didn't really know how to get it off the ground, but we we started figuring it out. And we're like, hey, maybe we'll get 500 people. That'd be great. Maybe we'll get, now it's kind of like, yeah, you know, we started getting some decent responses. Maybe we can get a thousand. Thousand was the target. Yeah. And we ended up getting four. That's amazing. Okay. So who's on the marketing team now and how are you planning to build out your resources for 2022? Yeah. So the team is not that big. Um, There's a woman who runs it for me now. Her name's Anna. So she could think of her as like the head of marketing. And then we have um, uh, three folks under her. Uh, We have kind of a growth team, which is brand and demand gen. And then we have a team we call, or a person we call lifecycle management, which you can think of that as kind of mid-funnel. Like, so people come in, they've engaged with us, we know who you are. How do we go back out and market, remarket to those folks? And then we have an opening uh, that we were planning to fill for product marketing. And so when you think about resources moving forward, there are a few areas that we're assessing. One, we need to get somebody in here on product marketing. Not because we don't think it's important, it's because we've we made some shifts in the team where we went from having somebody on product marketing to like 
a, kind of a shared function. My, my background, I have a product marketing background. Anna has a product marketing background. We have other people. So we were able to kind of get the task done, but we're getting to a point of scale where we needed somebody with experience. And that was pre being acquired. One of the things that we're looking at bringing in. Um, the second was bolstering kind of our ops and our analytics function. Um, we've kind of um, had that kind of outsourced for a while. And then I was doing a lot of the work along with somebody else. And so we we're looking to bring somebody in full time there to kind of scale that up. The third thing we were looking at is we're assessing, and this may not be known for the vendors we use, but we're assessing whether we bring demand gen in-house. And so we had an agency kind of helping us. And so one of the things that we would be looking at in 2022 is kind of the make versus buy kind of scenario there. And so in each one of those things, what we're really looking at is how do we grow, how do we maximize the, the capacity of the team I have by kind of adding additional capabilities so they can focus on what they're doing really well. So you can think of that as kind of either one dimension, we want to do more things or another dimension is we want to get our really good people on the things that they're really good at because we know we need to scale certain things like demand gen. On the sales side, we had a kind of a model where we're looking at, we're going to have to add salespeople if we're going to hit our targets. And we have a, because of the way we run our motion, we understand the demand and the predictability and kind of the capacity of the sales team. It's, very easy for us to forecast where we're going to need sales capacity moving forward um, based on kind of the volume and the, the, the amount of work that they're going through at the moment. So that would have been something we would have, we would have had to add second half of the year. I don't know if people remember this from the last episode, but 90% of your revenue has been marketing sourced. And so hearing you say like, we actually need to start thinking about adding more salespeople is the opposite of what I typically hear from startups. They're saying, we have a bunch of salespeople. We need to start thinking about hiring marketing and hiring a marketing team, right? So the fact that you took over sales, what was the thinking behind that? Because I, I only have heard that w- one other time when I spoke to the head of marketing at Moz. She was also heading head of sales. So she's, she's head of both. How did that kind of come about? Like, what was the decision making there? I mean, it's uh, it was something we discussed for a long time. Like, we have a very close relationship between sales and marketing already. I've been spending a lot of time with the sales team. When we think about kind of the whole, the entire go-to-market motion, which is like, how do we generate bookings and revenue? And then what leads into that? That entire model is a model that I, with, you know, others on my team had built uh, for our company over the last 12 months. So um, you can think of this in terms of like the planning process and that we started with what are we trying to achieve as a company? How do we generate, how do we do that in terms of what bookings do we need? What markets we go after? What leads, what conversion rate, what ASP, what's the cycle time? These are all things that we've been modeling for a long period of time that kind of flow into our planning. So in that case, like what we're looking at is I've been, harping on the sales team and the marketing team around efficiency for a long period of time, like follow-up, conversion rates, et cetera, et cetera, enablement. So it's just kind of a natural next step to say, okay, why don't you formally kind of run the sales team because you're involved so much already. And so a lot of that just ties back into this topic of planning and that planning can't start until you know the goals of the business next year. And so you know, once you know that, you can start modeling out how do you get there. You can start looking at, well, are the things that I'm doing today 
can I just do more of that? And will that get me there? And if it's not going to get me there, then what else do I need to add and do? And that's kind of been the thought process we've gone through. And, and maybe I'll end my monologue here by saying, we actually don't even do that every year because in a startup, you're looking at quarter over quarter growth. So this is a process you just, the planning process is something you just need to consistently be going through. Can I deliver next quarter? Can I deliver next six months? Can I deliver next year on a rolling basis? So this wasn't the case when I started, but that's really the case we're in now where 2022 planning isn't a big thing for us. It's just uh, a continuation of what we're already doing. Oh, that's super interesting. Yeah. And I think related to like heading up sales and marketing and being being the leader of the entire go-to-market motion and making sure that there's efficiency, like what better way to do that than to actually join the teams together as one and run the sales team along with the marketing team? It makes a lot of sense. Um, and then what you said about planning also makes sense. And you think about my, we're an analytics company. My background is analytics. So the way you build relationships and alignment with between marketing and salespeople is you just look at the facts. The leads are coming in. Are they good or not? Are they being followed up or not? What's our conversion rates? You start looking at this across industry, across salesperson, across lead source. It's a lot, you take the emotion out of the equation and you're just like, these are the th- these are the areas we need to improve. These are the bottlenecks we have. Now, what are we going to do together to to do that. And how's that fit into your plan? Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Okay. So we covered sort of like what you're thinking, how your team would be structured, what you're thinking about for next year, how you think about planning on a more regular, consistent basis and channels. We also covered anything else that's unique or you think would be helpful to share about your planning for next year. We go through what a lot of people probably go through. So one is like, you have this layer of like, what is the model that you need to drive as a go-to-market team to hit your targets. But then you're also talking to product and you're trying to figure out what are the things we're going to be bringing out next year. You should already know this. Which ones are big launches that we want to make, uh, that we want to turn into something that where we drive a lot of awareness around, which are just little ones. And you're going to have your other kind of what we would call big rock items, which is kind of the first thing we try to identify is we're moving forward. We know what we need to do. We know we may be building out a, expanding a channel or building a new channel. But then there's also these, what we call big rock items. And that could be events. It could be product launches. It could be something we want to do in the community. So we start by trying to identify what are those kind of things. So I do feel like humans and marketing teams need kind of big initiatives that galvanize around. And then, you know, from there, they kind of fill in the rest with like the ongoing kind of day-to-day kind of campaigns and motion. And so we still do that. It's kind of a traditional process. Uh, it's something that helps the company kind of gravitate and rally around. We've done that very well on the product side where instead of just releasing a few small things at a time, we'll try to bundle them up into something big that we can make hay around and draw some attention. Yeah. That's how we do events and so forth and so on. So we did go through that process of like, what are the, the fun things that we want to kind of do over you know the next six to 12 months? Well, I'm sure it's going to be one heck of a next six to 12 months for you guys. I'm not even questioning that. What would you say are some goals that you have? What do you want to accomplish next year, either personal or on a professional level? Well, I mean, we'll see what happens. Uh, So firstly, on a professional level, pre-acquisition, we had very aggressive revenue targets. So we, from 2020 to 2021 on our newest product, we 
we grew 10 to 12x on a small base. We wanted to do 5x on a bigger base going into next year. So like we had been for the last four to five months heavy into the planning process of like, how are we going to achieve that and continue quarter over quarter growth? That changes a little bit. And now we're going into a bigger company. Frankly, the first six months for me is making sure my team's in a good spot and taken care of in this larger organization. And and that the, the reason this company acquired us, that we're able to execute on those reasons and make some progress. So it's kind of changed fairly dramatically in terms of prioritization. And then for me, it's all about, you know, what else, what's the next challenge out there, whether it's in the company I'm going to or elsewhere. Um, and so part of my thought process will be heading into next year is where's the next place I want to go have fun. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I can't believe it's just around the corner. Um, well, and I, I just want to thank you, Cassidy, for coming on. This is your second time being on the show. And you immediately you were like, yeah, let's let's get on here. Talk about marketing planning. So I appreciate you. I appreciate you spending the time. If folks want to reach Cassidy, you can find him on LinkedIn, Cassidy Shield. Check out Narrative Science. You can go to narrativescience.com. And who knows, maybe we'll be back to talk about, you know, next year and all the cool stuff that you're you're building and growing at Narrative Science Cassidy. I appreciate you so much. Thanks, Anna, for having me. It's a blast. And I'm honored that you invited me back. Thanks for listening to this episode of Modern Startup Marketing. New episodes are dropping weekly, so make sure you're following wherever you get your podcasts. You can find me on LinkedIn, search for Anna Firminov, or go to my website, firminovmarketing.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.